वेलकम टू वाधवानी व्यू पॉइंट पॉडकास्ट आई एम योर होस्ट अतुल दिस इज अ स्पेशल एडिशन स्पेशल बिकॉज टूडे वी हैव द प्रेसिडेंट एंड सीईओ ऑफ वाधवानी फाउंडेशन डॉक्टर अजय केला विद अस अजय इट्स अ प्रिवलेज टू हैव यू विद अस टूडे एंड वी लव योर व्यूज ऑन सम ऑफ द की ऑनप्रेनरल एंड स्किलिंग एंड जॉब रिलेटेड इश्यूज फेसिंग द नेशन टूडे let me start by asking you about the recent uh, developments in the indian startup space which has quickened recently in may 2022 india got its 100th unicorn uh, by 2025 the predictions are india will have 200 unicorns why is such a outlook being projected for the indian startup ecosystem i would like your views on that i think if you travel around uh, india you'll see that there is no shortage of problems so you know, entrepreneurs really you know identify problems that build solutions around problems that exist that are impacting large masses of population so the opportunities are enormous in the country over the last i would say 10 12 years and as we have seen as you pointed out we have now had the 100 unicorn in may behind behind every unicorn there's probably thousand others startups that have started so then now we have a very rich vibrant ecosystem of startups uh, both in terms of entrepreneurs and the best and brightest in the country wanting to pursue entrepreneurship so we have that on the supply side we have all these folks that previously you know were leaving the country like the iitim you know going to us they are wanting to stay back because they see an opportunity here. so that that part of the ecosystem is building of course the ecosystem around investors mentors service providers that cater to startup is building around given all this ecosystem is in place given there are multiple opportunities that are available given we have seen enormous successes like you pointed out we are seeing a vibrancy in the country i think the switch it probably took us 7 to 10 years to get to 100 unicorns now we are projecting another 3 years to get to the next 100 because the momentum has been built uh, the momentum is spreading from bangalore mumbai delhi to secondary and tertiary cities uh, and uh, if not unicorns there will be and actually a country like india just does not need unicorns you know you need uh, probably hundreds of unicorns thousands of uh, companies that are going to hire 500 to 1000 employees and tens of thousands that are going to hire 100 employees uh, to fulfill the demand that the country has and of course the problems exist so that vibrancy is building uh, colleges are beginning to teach entrepreneurship and mass students are demanding to take entrepreneurship courses so for right from uh aspiring learning entrepreneurs to starting entrepreneurs the indian ecosystem now has close to 700 incubators so that also is nurturing the entrepreneurial journey 
to when you start the journey you have mentors investors service providers consultants all helping right that's what will accelerate right so before we go to the next question ajay there are actually uh, very clear trends about a funding winter now coming in the startup ecosystem so any quick word of advice to the startups as to how do they counter uh, this situation yeah i think you know almost all industries and these and uh, the entrepreneurial or the startup ecosystem will go through cycles there'll be cycles of boom and where money is very easily available there will be cycles of uh, downsizing because the environment changes uh and whether there is a boom or a bust i think my advice to startup is to have a very singular focus on the customer what problems are they trying to solve uh either problem solve or what desire they are they trying to fulfill for the customer how does their solution uh in terms of the price points or cost of the solution does the unit economics work right. uh what does it take to produce it what is the customer willing to pay for that pain or for that desire that they want to fulfill and how large is the market so keep that in mind and every penny you spend whether it's boom time or bust time spend with caution spend with where you yourself think twice when you're buying something for your own self versus you know apply the same principles that we apply for personal spending on the on the company spending if you do that you don't have to worry about boom and bust you set the culture in the organization to do that right so that's great piece of advice and talking about the entrepreneurial space i think the discussion won't be complete if we don't talk about sme entrepreneurs who are the bulwark of the economy and who are the basically the growth and job creation engine also of the indian economy and globally as well so what should the foundation be doing to further support this job creation capacity of the smes and uh, on the other hand uh, what could be the some of the initiatives that the government of india could take so you know we talked about startup entrepreneurs um and the journey of an entrepreneur is tough in india today 90% of them don't make it uh incubators some of the things the foundation is doing is trying to minimize that failure rate but india also has a very rich ecosystem of close to 70 million small businesses who have already proven themselves in fact in one case 90% are going to fail in the other case 99% are going to survive and thrive <clears throat> and many of them have a potential to scale 2x 10x from where they are they already have a proven business model they have a business model maybe that works in a small locality or a small county or a small state which can be taken to the next level if it is a, a small region it can be taken to a, a city wide 
or it can be taken to statewide or national or global. <laughs> so those opportunities exist for a lot of these uh, small businesses. Large companies, when they are looking to scale, they get all the help from these uh, consulting firms like McKinsey for strategic consulting, execution support they can get from Accenture's of the world. These, these companies don't get that. And uh, this is something where, you know, the government is doing a lot in terms of providing small business loans, making it easier for them. There are government procurement policies where, which favor SMEs. But providing knowledge support, knowledge infrastructure, consulting support is missing. Banks give loan, but banks don't give them the, uh, <coughs> the guidance and know-how on how to, how to grow, where to grow, yeah. and so on. So I would say that that's the biggest gap not only in India, in multiple countries around the world, where they are not getting the support and help they need to empower themselves to identify the right opportunities and then flawlessly execute on those opportunities. And that's what they need to do. Right. Very important because globally we are seeing 70% of the new job creation is actually coming from small businesses. And right. That's the need to support them. Yes, and you know, for a country like India, where we have a massive boom of youth and youth population, job creation is critical for the country. And as you pointed out, 70% of all new jobs are either created by startups or small businesses. Yes. So India is uh, rightly so supporting the startup ecosystem. This ecosystem is vibrant. I think we need to pay a similar attention to small businesses because they will produce a lot more jobs than the startups will do. Right. Startups are going to probably become the pipeline for the next generation of SMEs. But SMEs that exist today that will produce the jobs tomorrow right. uh, need to get that same sense of uh, support and vibrancy sure. uh, to solve India's uh, job growth problem. Sure. So these are some of the great insights. We have spoken about job creation. Uh, but, uh, you know, when we speak about job creation, we have to cap it up with job fulfillment. Skilling has been a big issue globally over the years, especially in the pre-pandemic period. It used to be talked in very different overtones. It's a hot button topic. But in the post-pandemic era, we are seeing the skilling paradigm is changing very fast. This is the skilling requirements are undergoing massive transformation. Uh, there is a requirement for new age skilling uh, to cater to what we call as the future of work. So just uh, we wanted your views on what are some of the new age skills that will become essential in the near future, which the youth of today should look at seriously for enhancing their employability. Sure. You know, the aspiration of every youth, even if you will come from a very rich family, as you turn 18, 20, uh, is to be able to support themselves. Uh, all of us know when we got a first check, whether that empowerment that you feel, uh, having earned your own money is is just far superior than anything else. And 
of course the rich can still be supported but masses of folks and masses of youth uh, need jobs that can support themselves in, to start with and then their families in today's day and age where industry is changing rapidly and dramatically and where we have shifted to primarily a knowledge economy the skills that are required to command a family supporting wage are very very high so today as you are experiencing even engineering degrees in india are not enough to support a family supporting wage i think the good news on the other side is that uh, there are many jobs uh, especially jobs in the digital space and jobs in the green space that lead to you know high value good jobs for which the skills can be acquired through short term courses so so for instance uh, data as you all know everyone calls data is the new oil and there's masses of data that is collected that can provide enormous uh, insights and enormous you know path towards what what's good for the business going forward uh, so things like data cleansing data preparation for data analytics and in between them data visualization right uh, is an example of a job that is in very high demand that pays very high wages the skills to do that can be acquired through 6 to 12 month of a program through for 500 to 800 hours of training uh and these are the kinds of things that will increasingly be available right uh i think the industry is rapidly shifting towards rewarding skills than academic credentials so four years of academic credentials are probably not as important and you are seeing that engineers are graduating but employers are complaining that they are not finding the talent because there is a huge disconnect right. gap between what industry academia is producing and what industry wants so the gap is getting can easily be fulfilled by skills employers are now seeking skill based jobs um and so that's the shift i think is beginning to happen with the employers and then with the providers where they are trying to start offering short term courses so across the globe you are seeing these boot camps uh data analytics boot camp and it support boot camps that you go through it and you get a better job so that shift is going to happen uh in jobs you talked about what kind of jobs i said you know digital jobs social media marketing uh user interface design data analytics uh, uh project management uh in the green field is uh, ev technicians uh everything to do with solar and wind and uh, uh renewable energy uh you know that will create masses of jobs from design to installation to maintenance and support to the IT infrastructure that is required right. to monitor yeah right uh, very rightly said because i remember a 2019 survey 
where 80% of the employers actually said that they find uh, the engineers coming out of our institutes to be uh, not fit enough to take up the jobs that they are supposed to take up. So why do we do four years? Why not the short term course? So that's a mindset change we need, I feel. Now, coming back to the foundation, uh, I think we just want to wind up our discussion um, by just taking leverage of your presence today and understanding uh, we have had a two decade old journey, more than two decades. And uh, today we are well positioned uh, to, you know, transform ourselves like the world is changing for better impact. So where the foundation is actually going in the new term, uh, in the near term, what are the objectives? What do we want to achieve going forward? If you can spell that out. Sure. So one thing that hasn't changed with the foundation through its two decade of journey is the mission. The mission has always been job creation and job fulfillment. And it's just not any job, it is a job that can support a family of four. 20 years ago, when the journey started, that was the mission. Today is still the mission. I think the first 10 years was all about working and proving the model. And of course, the foundation wanted to do it at a national scale. So we started with one initiative, uh, which was to inspire and educate college students to look at entrepreneurship and in one country, which was India. If we fast forward to today, we have five initiatives spanning from supporting college students to become entrepreneurs to supporting entrepreneurs, startup entrepreneurs that have started the journey to supporting small business entrepreneurs up to 30 million to upskilling people to fill those jobs. Five or six initiatives like this uh, across 20 countries. Uh, so that's been a first 10 years, one country, one initiative. Today we have seven to 10 initiatives in 20 countries. So it's almost 140 expansion in the last 10 years. Uh, that momentum will continue. I think in the next 10 years, we will see um, massive scale happening in each of our initiatives. So today, in our entrepreneurship initiative, we are touching 50,000 students a year. I, I think in the next uh, three years, we will probably get to on an annual basis to quarter million to half a million. On our skilling program, we are supporting 100,000 a year. And our target is by 2025 to support a million a year. Uh, somewhere around 40-50% will be from India, the rest will be from the other part of the world. On small business, which, we, which is a very new initiative we started a couple of years ago, we are doing about 250 companies a year. We want to get to thousands of companies a year. So that's what we are looking at from the perspective of uh, existing initiatives. The foundation also has been known to keep on adding new initiatives. Two years ago, we started the small business initiative. Five years ago, we started the upskilling initiative. Uh, Somewhere between these two, we started an initiative to support uh, 
small uh, startup entrepreneurs through our lift off program uh, last year we established an initiative called wadwani institute of technology and policy to uh, train masses of bureaucrats in india and then we'll take it to other countries to be the leaders in leveraging emerging technologies for policy formulation policy implementation measurement of policy outcomes uh, we are already incubating a program or a new initiative around creating a digital platform for enabling better delivery of health to masses uh, impacting the last mile incomes of clinical delivery as well as impacting public health organization through our digital platform we are extending this digital physical model build a digital platform and have uh, masses of physical infrastructure to deliver to the last mile in health in agriculture uh, in education so these are three areas that we are looking at right now uh, the the physical part of it creates masses of jobs the digital part of it produces the best quality gives the best knowledge which will force expansion of the physical because they are delivering quality services demands will go up right so that's that's the current vision so i wouldn't be surprised 10 years ago we had one country one initiative now we have close to 10 programs and 40 uh, 20 countries uh we may have 20 initiatives and 20 countries uh, uh all offering all the initiatives right that's right. it so the foundation is actually going from strength to strength and the impact objectives are also obviously multiplying and we must thank our founder and chairman ramesh and so that we can do what we set out to do and uh, we should end the podcast uh, with a big thank you to ramesh and his unwavering commitment to the foundation and ajay i must thank you for taking time out to be with us today at the vadwani view point it is our endeavor to get industry and thought leaders and uh, with you it's a great beginning for the same so yeah. thank you well, just to add to what you just said you know absolutely i think uh, ramesh is not only contributing financially but he is fairly deeply engaged in the each of these initiatives and contributing both in kind and and in cash the other thing is that uh, he is in this game for truly impacting the beneficiary there is very little energy or none at all spent in personal branding right uh, and uh, i think starting from there uh, that defines the culture of the foundation the people most of the people in the organization or i'll say all the people in the organization have a very strong bias towards mission towards the beneficiaries versus sugar coating our impact right we are not happy to claim something where we believe we haven't done it so 
everything we do, we say, is it attributable to us? And the only way that we determine attribution is to ask the beneficiaries to, if they benefited and if they got to where they, they got to, would they say they got there because of the foundation? And that's how we measure impact and attribute to us. Yeah, absolutely. I agree, Ajay. At the foundation, is it's the passion to make a difference is what drives us. It's been a pleasure speaking to Ajay today. Thank you and see you in the next edition of Advani Viewpoint.